Once again, hello and welcome to the Saints Podcast. I am your host, Gabriel Ifani Onyawo. In today's fourth episode of the soft series, we shall be looking at Old versus New Covenant. What is the difference between the Old and New Covenant? So to begin with, the Old Covenant is basically the opposite of the New Covenant and vice versa. Beginning with the Old, now the Old Covenant was an agreement between God and the people of Israel that required Israel to obey and keep uh, the law, which means the laws of God, and in return he would protect and bless them. Uh, you can look up Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 15 through 18, as well as 1 Samuel chapter 12 verse 14 to 15. However, one of the earliest foundations of the old covenant, which is also living under the law, can be found in Exodus, Exodus chapter 19. This was two months after they left Egypt. And so we're going to read from chapter 1, uh, Exodus chapter 19, verse 1 to verse 8. Exodus 19, verse 1 to 8. It says, Exactly two months after the Israelites left Egypt, they arrived in the wilderness of Sinai. After breaking camp at Rephidim, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and set up camp there at the base of Mount Sinai. Then Moses climbed the mountain to appear before God. The Lord called to him from the mountain and said, Give these instructions to the family of Jacob. Announce it, announce it to the descendants of Israel. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now if you will obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples on earth, for all the earth belongs to me. And you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give the people of Israel. So Moses returned from the mountain and called together the elders of the people and told them everything the Lord had commanded him. And all the people responded together, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. So Moses brought the people's answer back to the Lord. Now pay, uh, pay special attention in verse 5, the Lord said if they, if they would obey him and keep his covenant, that they will be his special people and treasure on earth. And in verse 8, without thinking twice, they all responded that, that they would do everything that the Lord commanded. In reality, no human being on their own, on their own ability as a human being, is able to do everything that is required of the Lord, to keep up with the Lord. It's not possible. And this was the claim they made in their response which actually established the old covenant between the people of Israel and God. And that is because they were yet to realize that it is impossible for a human being to do all that is required of the Lord in order to keep up uh, a healthy friendship with God. Just to mention briefly, a covenant is simply an agreement. And they were soon to, to realize that they could not keep up to their own side of the agreement. And as you study uh, through the scriptures, you get to realize that many times over, they sinned against God and violated His commands and covenants, proving that it is not possible for a human being to do everything that is required of the Lord every day of their life. This further proves that no man can redeem himself simply by the works of his own hands. And so it was necessary for God to patiently allow this fact to play out practically in order to justify His idea of bringing, of bringing a better solution, which was His Son. Furthermore, in the Old Covenant actually required repeated sacrifices of animals 
as a reminder of the people's sin. And this was a time when people when people lived under the under the law. Now the law, which is also known as the Mosaic Law, is believed to comprise of three parts: the Ten Commandments, the ordinances, and the worship system, which included which included the priesthood, the tabernacle, the offerings, and the festival. Quite the information. Now, still talking about the old covenant, there is a little misunderstanding or misinformation about a particular thing about the old covenant. And this uh, misunderstanding has to do with the Ten Commandments, as some people will have it believe that the Ten Commandments is the law of Moses and by implication part of the old covenant, which is no longer valid today. That is and that is because the Ten Commandments came about during the time of uh, the old covenant. And so because of that, they, it is believed that the Ten Commandments is part of the law of Moses and also part of the old covenant, which is no longer uh, relevant today. And so let's take a look at uh, Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31 to 33. It says, The day is coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and Judah. This covenant will not be like the one I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand and brought them out of the land of Egypt. They broke that covenant, though I love them as a husband loves his wife, says the Lord. Chapter 33. Oh, verse 33, sorry. But this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my instructions within them. Some translation will say, I will put my law. And what is the law of God, which is the Ten Commandments? I will put my instructions or my laws deep within them, and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God, and they will be my people. So here, the Lord is saying he will make a new covenant with the people of Israel. And this covenant, he's going to use his law, which is the Ten Commandments. The same Ten Commandments some people believe is the old covenant and shouldn't be uh, regarded as relevant today. And also, just to quickly point out, we, don't, we do not need to keep the Ten Commandments or any law in order to be saved. Now, unlike the new covenant, unlike the old covenant that required... Uh, repeated animal sacrifices for our sins for which <clears throat> the Bible has proven that it's impossible for the blood of animals to take away the sins of man however in the new covenant now we we have we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ who died once and for all to save us all we can look at Hebrews 10 10 he Hebrews chapter 10 verse 10 it says for God's will for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. It's unlike in the old covenant that required you know, continuous sacrifice of animals. Like if we sin this week and we have to sacrifice an animal. And then if we sin tomorrow or next week, we have to sacrifice another animal. But in this, in the new covenant, Christ, the sacrifice of Christ is once and for all. Once, he, once they crucified him and he died, he doesn't need to be called down to be crucified each time we you know, sin against God is once and for all, which does not in any way mean or encourage us to go about living in sin because we have been uh, made holy once and for all. We are, we are called to live after the person who has called us, which is God, and God is holy. So we are called to live and represent him in his holy character. And so um, the purpose of the old covenant was to make it absolutely clear that no man on his own is righteous before God and no, and no one can actually save himself alone by his own works. Romans chapter 3 verse 10 says, As the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. 
And also verses 20 says, For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. And so the ultimate purpose of the old covenant was to point people to Christ. And so in summary, the old covenant is man trying to please God by the works of man, which is not possible. And, so the, and also the, the new covenant is, is God sending his son to take our place, to die in our place and pay for our sin and transfer his righteous nature onto us. And this is how we are able to um, be right with God and to reconcile with God again and ultimately be saved, which brings us to salvation. So what is salvation? Salvation from a non-theology point of view is simply preservation or deliverance from harm, ruin or loss. Now, From a theology point of view, uh, salvation could be said to be deliverance from sin and its consequences believed by believers to be brought about by faith in Jesus Christ. So salvation, whether uh, theology or non-theology, is simply saving or preserving someone or something from harm and danger. So why does man need salvation? It's simple. Right from the very beginning, when the first man and woman sinned against God, man was um, in danger of death and destruction, and so which brought about the need for God to send His Son to take our place, our place of punishment, death and judgment, and to save us and to uh, save us from the sin that leads to death and destruction and separation from God. And this salvation is what saves us from death and, and brings us back into life uh, with the promise of resurrection and justification. So what then is sin? Sin is the very thing we are being saved from, is the reason why we, uh, mankind, uh, need salvation so sin can be seen as an offense is against God by violating his laws which was exactly what man the, f the first man and woman did in the very beginning that put us in danger of death and destruction and separation from God which called for the need for salvation and so that's the end of today's podcast thanks for listening I'll see you in the next episode